Hello, CNTs. Welcome to the first episode of 2018 with your favorite Femillennia Multimedia News Broadcast, delivering you the sarcasm you deserve. I'm your host, Arielle, coming at you from Los Angeles. What's up, y'all? I'm Daryl here in NYC, and this may be a new year, but we the same old CNTs, ready to serve you the freshest tea of 2018. And the Shasin, Coachella is banning marijuana use at its festival this year, posting, sorry, bro, in response to angry customers. Well, we may not be as lit as Coachella's lineup, but you're always welcome to light up listening to us. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr, but probably all of those platforms by our handle, at I'm a Real CNT. You can subscribe to our newsletter through the Facebook page or just email us at I'm a Real CNT at gmail.com. And obviously, you should subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss any more episodes. So stay tuned to CNT. Politically aware, but not always correct. As many of you know, the Golden Globes happened last Sunday, with everybody wearing all black for the Time's Up movement, protesting sexual harassment everywhere. And while there was certainly progress, hashtag over for president, the new day is on the horizon. James Franco still beat Get Out's Daniel Kaluuya for best actor in a comedy. Get the fuck out of here. It's hard to debate who should have won this category because Get Out is so much more than just a comedy, and it was pretty screwed over for not having a genre of its own. But you know what isn't up for debate? James Franco being a creep. I don't care, I'll do it. Since his recent win, five women have accused Franco of not quite keeping his little Frank in check. All five of these women happen to have been Franco's students, actresses who genuinely believed working with Franco would help them on their path to success. Sadly, they learned that Franco was way more interested in their budding breasts than their budding careers. Hollywood and independent filmmakers alike are doing a great job of patting themselves on the back now that Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey are on the blacklist. Saying the era of willful ignorance and shameful complicity in sexually predatory behavior and workplace harassment in our industry is over. The festival director at Sundance, the U.S.'s largest independent film festival, recently said, quote, Harvey has been a fixture at Sundance for years. Is he still welcome? He is not, end quote. I approve Sundance's petty-ass message, but let's talk about how director Ridley Scott decided to reshoot scenes from All the Money in the World with Mark Wahlberg making $1.5 during the 10-day shoot. But somehow female lead Michelle Williams made only a few thousand dollars. No one has ever been richer than you are at this moment. What would it take for you to feel secure? More. Hollywood took two steps forward and 1.5 million steps back. But wait, Mark Wahlberg and his team were smart enough to give all of that money to the Time's Up campaign in, I quote, Michelle Williams' name. Sounds like more of a PR move than anything. If he was really donating money in her name, he might as well have just donated it to her bank account, right? True. And you know what? Since he just got a million dollars to donate, then he can donate a little into my account too. And for the record... However much Michelle Williams was paid for the reshoot, I will gladly accept in cash, check, or money order. I mean, let's face it. Sexist scamming on a film called All the Money in the World is just too ironic for words. I don't think this is about money. The point is, the wage gap, the double standard, the sexual assault, it's all real. And Hollywood shouldn't be picking their battles. Y'all want to be here for women? 
put all the money in the world where your mouth is. Speaking of defying overweight, decaying, ignorant, sexist, racist white men, several federal judges have blocked Trump's directives to ban transgendered people from enlisting in the military. The Supreme Court judges have been coming in clutch during this presidential term because they also recently blocked Trump's decision to deport dreamers. These judges are blocking Trump's executive orders faster than Americans are blocking Trump's tweets. I know, it's like they have some supreme superpower to block and delay. They're like our real-life Avengers. If we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. Only the Avengers are stylish and sleek, whereas the Supreme Court justices look like a fourth grader's costume design for the Crucible. Well, if they're the Avengers, then that makes ICE, Loki, Loki and his minions. I'm listening. Immigration agents still raided over 107 stores on Wednesday, effectively causing more damage to major city citizens than any of those Marvel CGI explosions. And as y'all know, 7-Eleven is one of the largest entrepreneurial franchises in the U.S. and just happens to be dominated by brown immigrants. Now, I know you CNTs couldn't deal if nearly every 7-Eleven got shut down. Where's a ho-ho gonna get her midnight munchies? And the ice chief says that 7-Eleven raids are just the beginning. 7-Eleven is the first large one we did. There are many more large ones to come. We are also going to concentrate on medium-sized companies and small companies. I'm gonna be real. These are some scary times we live in. Ruth Bader Ginsburg better be on some Captain America shit because we are gonna need that CNT to live forever. The bench is now my porch. I'm gonna sit on it all day and scream, no, get out of my yard. Before we go into the story of the day, here's a message from our sponsors. The election of 2016 taught our nation many hard but important lessons. That the white working class feels disenfranchised. That racism is alive and well and that no political qualifications are necessary to be elected United States President. The election of 2020 may seem a long while away, but one potential Democratic candidate has already stepped up to the plate, Oprah Winfrey. After building a television empire, raising millions of dollars for charity, and competing with actress Octavia Spencer to play the six three-dimensional black women over 30 that Hollywood writes a year, Oprah is bored AF and ready for a fun new side project. During her first rally as a presidential hopeful, Oprah roused the crowd into a frenzy with her simple but impactful platform. You get equal pay, she shouted to the horde of millennials and their mothers. You get affordable college. Every American gets a free IUD. Oprah's campaign will be entirely self-funded and will not be accepting any contributions. When asked to explain her reasoning for such an unprecedented move, Oprah promised to remain uninfluenced by corrupt lobbying groups and corporations and reminded reporters that she is literally the richest person to ever run for president. Few were surprised by Oprah's choice of running mate, lifelong best friend Gail King. King, better known as Gail, will not only be serving in the Oprah administration as vice president, but also as half the cabinet, including secretary of state, director of the CIA, and the recently established office chief of propaganda. Following Oprah's Golden Globes announcement, President Trump entered the arena rockets of flaring. In a series of biting tweets, he claimed that he could positively, absolutely, beat Oprah in a popular election, though he'll be happy to schedule a joint SNL appearance sometime. Just like Will and Grace and That's So Raven, the presidential debates are in serious need of a reboot. In the few days since her announcement, Oprah has received ringing endorsements from Steven Spielberg, BuzzFeed, and my mom, former Senator and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, who retreated after Oprah's announcement to a rustic log cabin deep in the woods of 
Yellowstone National Park could not be reached for comment. While black women aren't America's cleanup crew, Oprah may be our only hope. Vote Oprah for president in 2020. She's the blue team's Donald only better. Please advise. All announcements about Oprah's presidency are fake news until otherwise confirmed by Oprah or her formidable team of lawyers. By reporting this particular piece of fake news, CNT hopes to, uh, speak it into existence. Welcome back, CNTs. We know everybody's been talking about one thing and one thing only this week. Shithole countries. Wait, can we talk about Black Panther? I mean, we could, but we probably shouldn't, right? I mean, at least not until it comes Uh, out. Okay, we'll put a pin in that. But this week, Trump made arguably his most racist blanket statement yet. During a meeting with lawmakers over a potential immigration deal, Trump said, quote, Why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? End quote. Seriously, if there was ever a question about the profanity we use in this podcast, it goes out the window because our president said the word shithole. He was referring to people from Haiti, El Salvador, and parts of Africa. He went on to suggest that we should be accepting immigrants from white-ass places like Norway. But nobody from Norway wants to come here. They have free healthcare, free college, high salaries, and a booming economy. We, however, have a president who uses words like shithole to describe countries whose citizens happen to be mostly black and brown people. So, Norwegians, stay where you are. Actually, um, can we come to you? The white supremacist House did not confirm nor deny these remarks, instead saying that Trump was defending his immigration principles because he's an advocate for the American people. Um... Which people, exactly? Trump, however, completely denies these reports, claiming he never said those words, even though the talk on immigration was, quote, tough. But Democratic Senator Dick Durbin called Trump out on his shit. I just have to say this. What, what the president said in that meeting was so awful and so impactful on so many people that uh, when he denied saying it, uh, I felt duty-bound to clarify what actually happened. And what about today? Shithole was the exact word used not once, not twice, but repeatedly. Dick Durbin is an unfortunate name, but I like what he's saying. Trump is dragging mainstream media into a new age of profanity. There's an account that tweets words the first time that the New York Times uses them. And on the 11th of January, 2018, at New York Times first said, tweeted the word shithole. Which is verbatim what I tweeted on January 20th, 2017. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. I definitely want to talk about Black Panther more than this. How it outsold every Marvel movie pre-order in only 24 hours. Or the fact that Kendrick Lamar is doing the soundtrack for the movie. Yes, and his new song, King's Dead, from the soundtrack is already a bop. The Supreme Court judges may be our real-life Avengers, but I wish there was a real-life Black Panther to put Trump in his place for talking shit about African countries. (sighs) That's real. What might be even more distressing than Trump's remarks are his supporters. While many seem to agree that his conduct was unpresidential, their support is predictably not wavered. At this point, I don't know what he'd have to say for them to consider him racist. There's probably a Billy Bush tape somewhere of him saying the N-word. Maybe that'd do it? I mean, it didn't stop them from making him president when they heard the grab him by the pussy tape, so I doubt it. What's less distressing and a little bit funny is how foreign countries translated the word shithole when delivering the news of Trump's remarks. Japan media's outlets used the word kusatare, which means dripping with excrement. China chose Fengkang, which translates to cesspit, while one of the countries targeted, Tanzania, used something a little more digestible. 
Nchizakinyesi, which translates to dirty countries. If this is how shithole was translated, I really can't imagine what they tried to do with Pussy Grabber. Well, luckily, the UN is not on the same page as Trump's diehard supporters, which, like most news sources from around the world, condemned Trump's remarks. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like Oprah and I just can't wait until their time is up. And now it's time for a new game here at CNT we'd like to call Guess That Racist Ad. Brought to you in part by the black kid in the H&M ad wearing a coolest monkey in the jungle sweatshirt, as well as that black girl who took her brown t-shirt off to reveal a white woman in last year's Dove commercial. And now for our question of the day. Which candy brand featured an ad in 2011 that said, move over Naomi, there's a new diva in town, comparing Naomi Campbell to a piece of chocolate? Was it A, Kit Kat, B, Hershey's, C, Cadbury's, or D, 100 grand? This is a hard one. I'm gonna say 100 grand. Sorry, Ariel, that is incorrect. Yes, Naomi Campbell may look like she is worth 100 grand, but the actual answer to this question is C, Cadbury's, a chocolate brand most popular in England. Well, with Prince Harry's new bay in town, I'm sure they won't be making any stupid mistakes like that anytime soon. I mean, we can never really be too sure, can we? Facts. Next question. Which gaming console in 2006 sparked tension in the international video game community due to a billboard with the words, White is coming, featuring a white woman holding a black woman by the face in a position of submission? Was it A, Sony PSP, B, Nintendo DS, C, the PlayStation 4, or D, the Wii? Well, it's not the PS4, because that was released not too long ago, and uh, it can't be the Wii, because that's way more PG. So it would have to be a gaming system catering to more violent players. I'm going to take a guess and say A, the Sony PSP. That is correct! Sony PSP needs to stick to playing games only on their consoles, because video gamers were not having it. Sony was attempting to promote their new white PlayStation Portable. Sounds like they were really trying to promote just another depiction of white feminism. Touché. But you know what? These products aren't racially insensitive to only black people. In 2012, a food brand posted a commercial featuring Ashton Kutcher in brownface, playing an Indian character named Raj with a mustache as thick as his accent. These are the Bombay was the slogan used in this commercial which was wordplay on the new flavor being promoted. Was it A, popcorners, B, pop chips, C, pop pies, or D, Cracker Jack? Uh, well, Cracker Jack would be a little bit on the nose, wouldn't it? And last time I checked, Popeyes had Cajun flavor more than anything else. So it's gotta be one of those fake healthy ass snacks. One that would cater to a very white, very racially insensitive community. I'm gonna go with Pop Chips. Ariel, you are right. With Ashton Kutcher agreeing to do brownface and attempted twerker Katy Perry also being an endorser, Pop Chips does indeed cater to a racially insensitive audience. 
Next question. Which tech-savvy company wasn't very culturally savvy when they released an ad in 2007 with the phrase, multiply computing performance and maximize the power of your employees? The ad depicted a white guy in a business suit surrounded by strong black male sprinters bowing towards him as if they were at the start line of a track race, or better yet, a plantation. Was it A, Microsoft, B, Dell, C, HP, or D, Intel? Oh, I literally have no idea. My educated guess would be HP, only because of CEO Meg Whitman's victim-blaming comments at our graduation speech last year. Sorry, Ariel. The answer is actually Intel. Although Meg has some racially insensitive views, at least she's not clueless enough to put out an ad promoting those views. Good point. Our last and final question. Which hygiene product featured an ad in Esquire in 2011 with the slogan, Re-Civilize Yourself, depicting a well-dressed, clean-shaven black man throwing the head of an unkempt black man with an afro? Was it A, Nivea, B, Dove, C, Old Spice, or D, Axe? Oh, uh, I mean, this is pretty tricky. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if any of these brands had an ad like that. Um, can can I can I get a lifeline or something, please? Uh, no, bitch. This isn't who wants to be a millionaire. This is more like being a minority in America. You don't get a lifeline, and you definitely won't be winning a million dollars. Oh, oh, wait. Actually, uh, dish just in. Uh, you're a white bitch, so you do indeed receive a lifeline. Oh, thank God. And. Your hint is, this product possesses the same name as a dirty South R&B singer popular for her early 2000s hit, Don't Mess With My Man. Oh, 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 yeah, I'm from Georgia. I know this one. It's Nivea. I am actually pretty surprised that you know that, but you are indeed correct. Rihanna heard about this ad and decided to drop her endorsement with them over their blatant ignorance. Guess she won't be about to work, 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 work for them anymore. Okay, see, you were winning at first. Now you just need to take several seats. Okay, but... And that is it for today, guys. Tune in next time there's some racist shit being advertised, which means we'll probably see you sometime really fucking soon for... Guess that racist ad! Three, two, one. That's it for today, guys. We'd like to take a moment to shout out the fire writers and contributors who made today's episode of CNT happen. Macy Atkinson, Hannah Bergeron, Daryl Wright, John Clay III, Alicia Etnoff, Ariel Hoffmeyer, Stephanie Kane, Isabel Pask, Mike Plenty, Keaton Shapiro, and Ariel Zucker. With music by Catherine Lennon and Kiara Matthews. Catch us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes and be sure to follow us on our handles at I'm a Real CNT on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And don't forget to go to our Facebook page and subscribe to our newsletter for kick-ass content delivered straight to your inbox every Monday morning. I'm your host, Arielle. And I'm Daryl. And this is CNT, reminding you to wake Wake up up and and stay stay woke. woke. Later. Naturally, this leads to many arguments. Our story opens in the midst of one of them. Grow up, for fuck's sake!